Welcome to the PCA Power of Positive podcast presented by Tapivo. I'm Jason Sachs, PCA's Vice President for Business Development and Philanthropy. We're excited to be relaunching the podcast from Positive Coaching Alliance, where we'll be connecting with athletes, coaches, business leaders, and more, exploring topics in youth and high school sports, leadership, culture, and of course, the power of positive. We're excited to have a new partner and sponsor of this podcast, and we want to introduce the PCA audience to Tapivo. Tapivo is a new platform that is America's youth sport directory. You can use Tapivo to find, review, back youth sports programs near you. To learn more about Tapivo, visit tapivo.com. You'll hear more about Tapivo on today's podcast as we're honored to welcome to the podcast U.S. men's national team legend and one of the best soccer players the U.S. has ever seen, Brian McBride. Brian is co-founder of Tavivo, so we'll chat with him about why he wanted to build the platform to enhance the youth sports community. For those of you that don't know Brian's background, Brian earned 96 caps for the U.S. men's national team, played in three FIFA World Cups, and became the first American player to score in two World Cups. You'll hear in our conversation about Brian's rise from a youth player up through the national team, MLS, and playing for Fulham in the Premier League. Lots to learn from Brian in this podcast as he discusses some of the ups and downs of his career, as well as his role as a youth soccer coach and sports parent. Without further ado, here's Brian McBride on the Power of Positive podcast, powered by Tapivo. Welcome to the PCA podcast presented by Tapivo. Jason Sachs here from PCA, and we are truly excited and honored to have uh, Brian McBride as our first guest here on the podcast and so we're going to get into um, a lot of different things with Brian uh, today uh, so we would thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast um, so Brian thanks for being here welcome thanks for having me Jay. yeah see you man so um, many people know about your background but let's uh, maybe take a step back and before we get into you know you playing at the national level being a member of the national team playing in England MLS all that fun stuff but Let's go back. We're sitting here in downtown Chicago. Um, so you grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, Arlington Heights. Tell us uh, what the childhood lo- was like for uh, yeah. little Brian McBride. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it involved a lot of sports. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom and dad divorced young, so my dad wasn't really around. My mom raised three of us. And during that period, she was also switching. She realized she had to switch jobs from being a a kindergarten teacher or grade school teacher to uh, business and so that was a big step for her and in that period um, she's also raising us so she wanted us to keep active and basically put us in probably every sport you possibly can imagine whether if it wasn't playing it was lessons I mean I I was in racquetball (laughs) you know I mean, you name it, uh, I did it. Probably the only thing I didn't do was was uh, gymnastics. Interesting. Yeah. So what was it, um, when did soccer start to rise to the top? And I think I think it's interesting to get into, you know, somebody that like yourself that's played at the highest level. Um, you know, now if you look at the culture and environment of, of youth sports and, you know, parents pushing their kids and kids needing to be on travel teams and stuff like that. It sounds like you were playing a lot of different sports. So what was it that made soccer jump out? And then, you know, how much of it was your own want and, you know, to be, to get better versus other people, you know, adults that were pushing you? Sure. Um, you know, when I was young, probably 
from eight to 12, I played sports. You know, I, I'm, first of all, I, I found soccer after moving schools. So at recess in my, my first grade school, um, it was football, American football. And then uh, when we moved, uh, the recess turned into soccer. So I wanted to fit in, make friends. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. Um, loved it right away uh, because I was a pretty active kid and loved to run around. So it was um, that satisfied that that right. side of it, and not just the friendship side. So, um, but during that period, you know, from eight to twelve, it was really about certainly the enjoyment of the game, but also with my friends and yeah. and, and making friends and. Um, those two interacted uh, extremely well for me. Um, landscape of youth sports now is completely different, isn't right. it? It's not just your your own little uh, fiefdom of, of area based on whether it's a recreation or a park district or a town. Um, now it's, you know, people travel from all over the place to right. go play places. When I was young, that didn't happen. So I didn't have those those influences necessarily that that are there today but also you know those some of those influences are positive and yeah. provide better options but um, for me uh, soccer to, to finish your answer your question soccer came probably most important to me right around the 12 yeah 13 okay and so were you when you went into high school were you playing other sports still or was, did you just <laughs> focus on soccer yeah, uh, my freshman year, I played varsity soccer. Um, I made our club varsity hockey team, which nice. after five games, my mom pulled me from <laughs> <laughs> because our practices were from midnight to two in the morning. Pretty late, yeah. Tuesday, you got you to find the ice time, right? Yeah. And it was club, so the yeah. school wouldn't pay for it. Right. So I, we had to get funding from something else, and and then uh, so five games in, I was on three indoor soccer teams at the time. Wow. Um, my grades weren't doing so well, <laughs> so my mom yanked me from that. Uh, and then I played four years of varsity tennis. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So I I kept playing. I that I quit baseball my freshman year. So I played baseball, awesome. and so baseball and soccer were pretty probably my two best sports. Mm -hmm. um, but the baseball coach told me I couldn't uh, miss baseball practice for soccer games in high school. So I was like, was All that. Right, see you later. Yeah. What did you take from, you know, whether it was hockey or sounds like you played baseball a lot or even tennis? Like, what were some things that you took from those sports that carried over to soccer? Yeah, but the, the, probably the biggest difference is, you know, the individual sport to the team sport. Yep. And so when you fail as an individual, you know it's all you. <laughs> so you've got, Nobody else. No, it's not like, well, maybe maybe it just wasn't our team's right, day. Right, yeah. It was, uh, no, was that was made, my, right, yeah. And a pretty funny story about that. I was the last uh, player to make the varsity team in, in tennis. Okay. And we weren't a, like a strong school in tennis. It was a, a strong conference. We had some, I think, three of the top five players in the state were in our, um, our, our uh, conference. And so um, when the coach looked at how he's going to break up the team, he thought, okay, i got to stack my doubles. So my right. one doubles are the best yeah, players, my two doubles, <laughs> my three doubles, and then four singles, three singles, two singles, first singles. I'm five <laughs> foot two playing I know where this first is going. singles <laughs> yeah. against – I played uh, – well, one school had uh, the top three. He was actually a second singles because okay. was, they, their first singles was one state also. Um, 
but I played the number one player in state and the number I think three player or three player two player in state. Yeah, so I can't remember exactly. Um, I got shellacked. <laughs> like, I and when I was done, right? I looked over at the other matches and they weren't even past their like third game. <laughs> I had already <laughs> lost six zero six zero. Six love, six, six zero, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And um, and the the funniest part was, uh, well, I mean, I look back on it and I find it funny now, but it was it's hard to take. Right. Um, the, the the player at the first singles at Palatine High School after he he beat me so quickly. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Come here." So I you know I shook hands and he said, Let, "Stay here. I, I want to ask you a question." Or I want to tell you something. And I said, what? He goes, I think this is horrible what they're doing to you. <laughs> I'm like, this is not feeling good right now. Right. I already yeah. know it feels know. bad yeah. enough. Like, this is really bad. But he was trying to be comforting. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, needless to say, the next three years were a lot better. I played uh, two doubles and then one doubles for the rest of the it's interesting. Um, one of a, another national advisory board member for PCA is um, Northwestern's basketball coach Chris Collins, and he told a story um, talking about you know him playing basketball. He was always the best one on his team, and then when he played baseball, he was mediocre. But he said it was so important to him for him to play baseball because to see what it was like to not be the best player on the team, and that taught him then when he was on the basketball court like how to treat. The people that weren't necessarily the best yeah. and it was just sort of that obviously there's so many good things that can come out of playing multiple sports but the hierarchy of where you are on the roster um you know i think that's it's like it makes you a better teammate when you get back to your to your main sport so yeah i think it's a great point and yeah. it also it helps you understand how to be a leader doesn't it instead of for sure know, being a, a dictator follow me type thing right uh, certainly you can you know, present yourself and, and say, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll lead the way. But having a supportive um, leader is also hugely important. Right. So we talked high school. What was the recruiting process like back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably a little different then. Yeah, it was a lot <laughs> different. It was a lot different. Um, yeah, I didn't get my first letter. So, so I'll backtrack. Yeah. So um, back in the day, ODP was a, mm -hmm. a much more prominent thing. Right. And so you're making your state team, your regional team, and going to uh, the national program with the regional team was really how you got you were able to get seen. There were some big tournaments, but most of the coaches would, you know, at the higher level, would be at those regional and state. Right. And not, not even necessarily state, but regional and national, some state. So my sophomore year... Um, going into my junior year, I got cut from my state team. Wow. Yeah. So I had made my state team for three years in a row or four years in a row up to that point. And, um, and I got cut. And I was like, now what? I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. How did I get cut? And of course, I, I viewed it differently. Um, I thought it was good enough. But coach, I, I asked, I went over, I said, why didn't I make the team? Mm-hmm. And he told me, you play too straight up. And I was like, what does that mean? He, right. he goes, well, you, you, don't, you're, you look inflexible. And I said, I'm not sure what <laughs> you mean because I'm tall? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, tall, but there's more to it. And I yeah. said, okay. 
Um, nothing I can do. So um, I left that, and I, I realized then that, and I, and I realized it before, but it just emphasized it so much more that there's always going to be people that view you differently than how you feel. Right. They view talent differently than how other people view talent. And not letting it affect me in a negative way, but actually turning it into a positive. Right. And making me really focus on uh, some feedback that I got. Yep. So, you know, trying to somehow be more flexible or, <laughs> or not play so straight up. Um, but then adapt and grow into a better player. And so that being cut from that team really reinforced reinforced my focus. Yeah. And I just, I, it made me want to prove him wrong. And so, um, you know, and, that, and I had the support. My mom always was there in, you know, periods yeah. like that. To have a support system, it's, it's great. It's yeah. something that's, to be able to have someone you know, unconditionally tell you they're, listen, my mom was one of my biggest right, critics, right, right? right? When I finally was getting hired, but during this period, uh, but during this period, you know, she, she was able to, you know, get me back on track yeah. in the sense of don't worry about that and keep um, your focus on improvement and you can always improve. Yeah. And so, um, Fast forward to the question about recruiting process. So the next year I uh, made, so in between my junior and senior year, I ended up making state, regional, and then the national team, U20 mm-hmm. team. And that's really when recruiting started for me. So there was one, one college, uh, UConn was uh, recruiting me before any of that. Okay. They had somehow saw me play in either a tournament or, or with my high school. And so, um, so it wasn't that intense until I made the U twenty team. Then there was m- more up, options. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your college experience. Yeah, it was perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what did what did you look at when you were trying to choose? Was it how much was it? Okay, I'm going to be able to come in and start right away or be a contributed a contributor versus the school and the academic like. What was going through your mind from a balancing the two standpoint? You know, no, close to home, whatever, yeah. Yeah, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, no, it, um, you know, I never thought about not starting. Yeah. I always envisioned myself that I was going to start wherever right. I went. Now, that, that I, you know, I look back at it now, <laughs> and it's not necessarily the case, right? You always, but thankfully, it, it turned out that way. Um, but my schools came down to, of course, SLU, which I went to, yeah. and UConn. And UConn was... One of two of the reasons why was because they were one of the f- they were the first, first big school to recruit me, and second, um, the Joe Maroney was the coach there, mm-hmm. and he was an old fashioned coach, you know, one not necessarily of the positive coaching <laughs> alliance, <laughs> right? Um, but very much a father figure to the to the kids, to the players, and I didn't have that. Right, uh, I yeah. did with my high school coach, and. My high school coach was exactly the opposite of Joe. Yeah, definitely in alignment with the the theories and, and the thought process of positive coaching lines. Um, and so um, those two things w- kept UConn in it. Uh, but 
when I finally made the decision, I flipped a coin. I had heads, uh, Yukon, tails, uh, slew, and heads comes up. And my, my mom, my mom, and my brother, everybody's looking at me. My brother wasn't there. Uh, my sister's looking at me. Um, so I call Joe Maroney, because yeah. right, slew is Joe Clark. Right. I call Joe Maroney. And I say, uh, Joe, I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to, to come. I really appreciate it. He gave me some extra time to make some decisions. Um, and uh, I'm going to go to SLU. Yeah. And, you know, my mom, my sister were like, what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I just knew that SLU was right for me because yeah. of uh, Joe Clark, of course, mm -hmm. was, was um, a huge part of it, but also the players there. And uh, it was the first time that I had gone to a really strong group of, of soccer players yeah. and heard them give compliments to other teams and other right. players. Because in the Chicago area, yeah, it was like, it he's not a part of our team. <laughs> right, yeah. He's terrible. He's, <laughs> he's terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and so now, I, you know, we're sitting there talking on my recruiting side and we're talking about some places and, yeah. and he's like, where are you getting recruited? And, you know, I tell him like, oh yeah, that, that player there's, you know, it's really good. Yeah. And I'm like, but he's not a part of your team. Why right. do you think he's, What's they're like, just because he's not a part of our team yeah, doesn't make him really good. Important. Yeah. And so it gave me a, another, like, another way of looking at things in a, in a much more, um, gosh, what's the word? Uh, a, a understanding that, that the sport is a sport, but your person can still be you while you're playing the sport. So, right. you know, in game, yeah, you can, you know, be uh, enemies or, yeah. or combatants, uh, but outside of the game, yeah. you know, there's still, it's still a person. It's still, there's a respect factor that, that was there that they had that I right. didn't have yet. Yeah. And certainly, um, was something I viewed it changed the way I looked at uh, the other players, other people. Yeah. That's really impressive that that was there and you recognized it and, and they recognize it because I mean, one of PCA's principles we talk a lot about honoring the game and respect, you know, for your opponents and we talk about an opponent being a worthy gift and you know, like without opponents, then like we don't have good games and you know, I, I joke with you know friend friends of mine now that went to our rival high school. And, you know, when we were in high school, we were like, oh, we hated you. And it's, it's like, you just grew up, like, ten minutes away. Yes. Like, if you would have went to our school, we would have been best friends. Like, why is that the reason that we can't be friends? Or You know, so Great it's point. just the, and the, the point that you said, like, the sport isn't just going to define who that person is. Like, there's more than yeah. that. So yeah. that, that's pretty cool. Um, I want to fast forward to your time on the national team, and obviously you were, you know, playing ODP and some, making some of these other teams. You were used to, you know, basically coming together with a lot of other really good players. Yeah. But talk about the experience when you get, I mean, to the to the highest level of the national team, and what's what's that like when you first come on, you know, being one of the younger ones sure. on the team. What sure. was that like? Uh, you know, it felt like that that whole first experience all over again, but at a, a level that you know, you, you've always dreamed about reaching. Yeah. So, you know, you take high school, you take college, you take, you know, whether it's a select team or something like that. And um, the difference is probably not just the level, mm -hmm. but you know it's, you know, if you go to college, you're probably not going to get cut from your college team if you've been recruited. Right. Uh, high school, normally they don't even cut you anyways. 
um, travel teams, certainly there's those things, but there's other options. This is this is one team that if you if you don't make it, right. you're not going to make it. Yeah. There's there's no other pinnacle. And so you know, for me, it was certainly tr- trying to show what I can do, mm-hmm. not try and do too much. Right. Like, don't do things that I'm not good at. <laughs> Look like <laughs> yeah. an idiot. Right. I'm not going to start dribbling <laughs> yeah, yeah, four yeah, or five yeah, players. Right, right, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. Um, Stay in your lane. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, so much in and make sure I worked as hard as I possibly could. No, yeah. not let anybody outwork me, um, and then be a good teammate. Yeah, um, you know the when you're first getting into a team, uh, there's people have different personalities, mm-hmm. and there's some personalities that are able to, you know, be boisterous and joke yeah. and laugh and and know the boundary of how to work that in without right. signing, sounding arrogant or being too confrontational. But I was, you know, I really wanted to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I didn't, didn't push myself into the, like the right. main veteran group right. or yeah, like yeah. try and jump in. Yeah. I gradually sort of melded in. And, yeah. You know, for me, it was, it was a gradual process. I wasn't, so my first real cap was in 96 end of 96 I believe okay if not 90 early 97 and then um, and then so in and out of camp you know we had qualifying yeah. for for a World Cup happening and so um, the focus of trying to make sure I'm I'm prepared understanding my teammates and then being a good teammate uh, is probably the way I, I looked at it but gosh it was so much fun yeah because you know it uh, those group of guys had been together for a long time. Yeah. And so they're they're tight. And uh, so it was it was a great experience. Was there was there one teammate that maybe took you under his wing or is there somebody that you really connected with or that you saw as a mentor or or even just in all the years that you played on the national team who were some of your favorite teammates to play with? Uh gosh, those first few years it was like I said there was you know, so many veterans on that team that, you know, the, the few guys that, that I ruined with that were veterans mm-hmm. were, were awesome. Yeah. And, and they're different personalities. So I can distinctly remember rooming with Tab Ramos um, in D.C. And I, I think it might have been for a back of this, it might have been called the Nike Cup or the USA Cup right. or something yeah. like that. Um, and Tab just, you know, helping me with understanding like things nothing nothing crazy but right but they all things yeah, yeah things work, right. check, yeah, you would yeah. check like you yeah. know ask questions hey how you doing you know yeah and and listen and then uh peter vermice we were out in in cali in, in uh, the san francisco well actually in oakland mm-hmm. actually right by cal berkeley and i remember room with him distinctly and uh it's the first time anybody of sport goes so you know, what, how are you doing with the, your finances? Do you understand what you're doing? And I'm, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what, yeah. I'm just making $27,000 over here. He goes, no, man, you know, are you saving some? And, and yeah. he's like, and I said, well, why? Well, what, do, what do you do? Right. And, you know, Peter, if you know him, he's he's so, he's he's a very smart man, very great motivator, mm-hmm. but he, he thinks of everything. And so yeah. it was the first time I'd actually thought, Holy cow! Well, I maybe I, maybe I, I should, should worry. Start about paying this. attention to some of this <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? Um, 
but after that, I mean, listen, I, I had, we had so many great teammates. Yeah. I had so many great times. Yeah. Um, you know, my best friend in soccer is, is Casey Keller. Uh, but you know, we're still, you know, everybody that, that's been a part of that group, and I, I honestly can say it, everybody, mm-hmm. we're, we're all probably friends. Yeah. We're not necessarily close. There's some right. that, that I don't agree with some of the, the processes, but, um, yeah, 99% of that group is, they're just fantastic guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, having done it so long, it's tough to single out more, more, right? More, but um, great teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the experience of playing over in England. I mean, um, you know, just the the difference of soccer culture, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this, the culture here in the country now. But um, you know, going over there, it's complete, completely different, right? So, you know, was it a culture shock, or how did you again? How did you fit into that team, being the, the newcomer and uh, what were some of those experiences like? Well, the good thing is I, I had a base. Yeah, I had gone over right out of college to Wolfsburg in Germany, and then the Zweite Bundesliga, the second Bundesliga, and uh, I failed miserably. <laughs> and I failed miserably because I wasn't mentally strong enough. I mean, I, I was good enough. Yeah. Uh, preseason, I was a leading scorer, uh, played almost every game, and then the, that first game came, and it, I was on the bench. And I didn't understand it. And back then, there was two points for a win, mm-hmm. one point for a draw. Okay. And so when they were away from home, they'd play for a draw. And so they're like, listen, you know, see, right, he's, he's a veteran. He knows how right. to, you know, at least try and make sure make to sure a draw. And, <clears throat> right. And I'm like, okay. I, I, I sort of understood that. And then we ended up uh, winning that game, I think, or at least drawing. And came back home, and I didn't start, <laughs> and I, that was it. I, I wasn't mentally tough. Yeah, I, I, I lost it. I, um, the surroundings uh, weren't very supportive in the sense of you know, there's very few English speaking mm-hmm. um, uh, Germans at that time. Uh, pretty cutthroat uh, culture at the club. Yeah, um, the. The infrastructure of the club wasn't set for a non-speaking uh, German player, right? And so, and that's not to give make an excuse. I'm right. just saying the support structure inside the club wasn't necessarily there to help me, right? If it was, what would I have succeeded? I have no idea. No idea, but but there but wasn't I, there. And I so, know yeah, that yeah. I wasn't strong enough with those surroundings, right? And so, I, you know, I wanted to go home after a year. So happy to get home. I, you know, I, I realized that was the first time in my life since I was like a, a junior in, in high school, or yeah. sophomore in high school, that I thought, okay, maybe, maybe soccer isn't something that I want to do. <laughs> right. You know, it is what I want to do, but I don't want to give up those other things in my life that I want. Yeah. Um, that and I want what year find. was this? What year was this? So this was 94, 95. Okay. And so then I came back. MLS was starting up the next. Right. Um, so then went to uh, the draft, all that stuff. Went to yeah. Columbus, which was fantastic for me. Yeah. Oh, gosh. A perfect place for me. And then went on loan a few times. Went to Preston. Right. And went to Everton. So when I finally made that move to Fulham, I was You felt like you knew. Yeah. Was, you yeah. add in now, I've, I have what I've always wanted. Right. My family. Yeah. I have an amazing wife, supportive 
I have uh, two daughters at the time of that move. Mm -hmm. And so that support system was already there, and I was already mentally tough enough playing in two World Cups already yeah. and knowing what to expect. Um, so yeah, that it was Fulham was just hit the ground running, mm -hmm. uh, try and understand what the club wants from me as a player, uh, try and make sure that everything's uh, right for my family. Yeah, and um, it turned out great. You talked about um, we're going to shift gears here. You talked sure. about your your family. Um, you know, when you got done playing soccer, um, you know, you are a coach yourself now. Uh, so you're a sports parent and a sports coach. Yeah. What's that experience been like and easier, harder than you thought? And maybe somebody that's played at such a high level like yourself, you know, what did you and your wife try to do to, you know, whether it's set expectations for your girls or just like making sure you're not putting too much pressure on them or whatever it might be? Yeah, no, the, the second part of the question is really easy for us because, you know, my wife grew up as an athlete also. She right. played uh, volleyball and softball and uh, her dad was my little league baseball coach so right. it's you know yeah uh so very sport oriented family but the one thing we knew was we wanted our kids to be passionate about something certainly hope it would be a sport mm -hmm. but if it's you know art or music or you know something that that they can get up and go i can't wait to do that right right and even if it's school yeah um, which is, you need that anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, so I shouldn't downplay that. Better that better be right. Right, yeah. yeah better, that better, better be one of the things. Better right. have that. Um, and so, uh, you know, we we let them try. Yeah. Just like we, you know, all of us, both of us tried other sports, played other, as you heard, I, yeah. I played tons of sports. Um, and so uh, Ashley, our oldest, um, she she tried soccer in England. And oh. this is this is back. Gosh, it was early in England, so it was two thousand and four, two thousand five, I think. Two thousand no, two thousand four, the fall of two thousand four. And girls back then weren't yeah. necessarily rampantly playing sports right. in England, and um, hugely different mm -hmm. here, of course. And so um, she realized it's not really. Not on my, not on my friends aren't playing. Right. It's not really so something she enjoyed. So, right <coughs> away she was out. Yeah, and that was fine. Yeah. Um, she got into dance. When we came back here, she got into competitive cheerleading. Mm -hmm. uh, she has more state titles than I do now. <laughs> she has two. I have one. Um, and uh, so we loved that she found something she was passionate about. And, and our middle daughter Ella, um, she, you know, she she tried a bunch of different sports. She tried soccer for a little while. Yeah. Um, didn't necessarily enjoy it that much. Uh, didn't she enjoyed it, but didn't get, you know, out of it what she wanted out of whatever the, that passion side. So then she found volleyball, and yeah. now she's hugely passionate about volleyball. Uh, we love it. Yeah. And then our youngest uh, Freya uh, is in everything. Right. Quite literally, she acts. <laughs> right. She's in plays. Yeah. Uh, she's in every sport you possibly imagine. Yeah. And that's where I get to coach. I finally get to coach. Nice. She loves soccer. That's she's, awesome. She's she's good at it. Yeah, um, and uh, to answer your first question, I it was hard as a parent to be on the sideline. Yeah, um, and to see things not being done necessarily okay, how right. you would want them done. Right, but at the same time, I also know 
that when I was my daughter's age and our coach, our coach didn't know anything <laughs> either. <laughs> right, right, <yeah. laughs> he was a dad who read a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. Um, so, you know, to, to putting set it all in perspective, right? Yes, yeah. To set yeah. expectations yeah. Uh, is pretty, pretty unfair. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so with Ella and Ashley, I didn't get to coach any of them because mm-hmm. I was still playing. Right. So with Freya, me being retired when she yeah. got into the game, I'm like, I'm the assistant coach for everything. <laughs> right. Right. So I was the assistant coach of softball, basketball. I, now I'm the assistant coach. Like, now I don't even step into basketball anymore because I'm like, I, I know how to pass. Right. But form and shoot. No, don't ask me to run a play or defense uh, yeah. or anything right. like that. Yeah. And so. We've seen soccer players try to play basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's some good ones. No, no, there are some good right. ones. But uh, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Uh, so softball, I, I still yeah. help out as assistant, but I've just recently taken over as the head coach for our daughter's soccer team, mm-hmm. and it's just so enjoyable. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, the the tough times are when, like, I, I, there's twice where I've set up practices where they're just too difficult. Yeah. And you can see the girls just, like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I make sure yeah. that... I, when I realize it, takes you know I, I think maybe they're going to catch it. And yeah. Maybe it's too complex. If right. it's too complex or if it, it's too advanced, so I try and catch that and and I make sure that I tell them, listen, this is not your fault. <laughs> this is my fault. <laughs> I, I made this way too uh, difficult. Yeah. Um, I think you girls will grasp it, but maybe further down the road. And um, th- I don't know if they. I think they get that, which right. is great. But the joy when you set something up correctly and just the exact uh, amount of, of smiles and, and laughter and focus yeah. at the same time, um, yeah, I, it'd be tough for me to give up coaching the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of coaches that will be listening to this. Um, what would your advice to be, be to someone, maybe let's say coaching youth soccer, like what's the most important thing that they should be focusing on you know, maybe U10 or something like that sure. from a, like a combination of tactical and skill, but also like the importance of making it fun and what you just yeah. talked about. So like what, what advice would you give to someone? Yeah, I think it, for me, I look at it as a blend. You yeah. know, you, you, I've seen practices from the outside in as a parent and you see kids just shut down and don't want to learn and mm-hmm. it's not fun or that they can't, they can't do it. It's too too complex. For me, I look at the base of, of like a U10 and a U8, it's still a lot of technical stuff. It's right. just, you know, trying to find ways that their their footwork, their ability with the ball to do things with the ball, whether it's, you know, pass the ball correctly, whether it's, you know, pull the ball back or uh, pull the ball aside or, yep. you know, not even necessarily full-on moves, but understanding how to manipulate the ball and move your body in a way that will free you up to accomplish something. Right. Create space. Um, I think that's that's something we probably need to do more, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, at that age. And uh, as you move forward, you had different complex ideas. And yeah. the, the, the fun part of, of soccer is that you can do that in games. Right. You know, it's, there's, when you add the complex side, when you add ideas, um, that allows you to, you know, really help the girls where and and boys yeah. wherever 
there is a coachable moment. Right. I think, you know, if it's every second or every 30 seconds, <laughs> right. that's not, not right. But, yeah. but certainly um, with a small group, which I like, you can actually like make changes yeah. and differences in, in the way they just think about it. Right. And, and then hopefully translate. And then the next last thing I'd say is it's nice for people to see, for kids to see it done. Right. And so they understand how it's done. So um, when I first started doing it, I was the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. I would do it, and I would do it slow, and then I'd do it quick. Right. And I realized, wait a second. <laughs> the <laughs> slow part they got, and then when right. I did it quick, they're, they're like, whoa, like, wait a second. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, you know, making sure they grasp that, that technical side yeah. first and then let them experience how they challenge themselves. Right. And I said last before, but this will be the last thing. And then I always want I always want them to step on the field, whether it's a game or, or practice, and challenge themselves, mm -hmm. and know that we're not just out here to have fun. We right. I want you to have fun, yeah. But I want you to get something out of this. I want you to, to walk off the field and go, okay, I'm I'm a little bit better at that, or yeah. I understand that more. And um, only way you can do that, in my opinion, is if you challenge yourself. Yeah. How have you done what you just talked about? Um, you know. You want to have fun. We want to challenge ourselves. We want to be competitive. You know, we win great. As a coach, how do you interact with your team parents and try to make sure that they're on the same page with you with what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, for me, it's a little easier, I think, right. because yeah, I mean, there's not a parent on the sideline going, "I know more than that guy." <laughs> right. like, so I, I would benefit <laughs> there. Right. I would benefit there. Um, but. You know, for me, it's is being as open as I possibly can be with them. Um, if it's individually about their child, and you know, not being crude or brass or crass or whatever you want to um, uh, explain it as, I think it's. Um, I try and I try and talk to the parents the way I would want to be talked to. Right. And um, you know, give them as much information, like I said, but also make sure they know what their child is improving on and getting better at right. and, um, and encourage them. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate. I've got, I've got a group of really good parents. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, so uh, that part is I've been on teams mm -hmm. where parents aren't necessarily as, I wouldn't say compliant, but yeah. understanding that they're not supposed to um, – trying to interject their thought process into what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So you're coaching, you're doing the TV work on ESPN, and uh, one of PCA's newest partners, Tapivo, the sponsor of this podcast, you're co-founder of that. So people that are listening probably have never heard of Tapivo, but right. what is Tapivo and why Why Tapivo? Yeah, Tapivo is a youth sports directory. Uh, it's different than, than any directory out there. Of course, it's going to be... Um, across the United States. We're still populating the platform as we go. Um, it's in 20 plus sports. Mm -hmm. And we started it because of this void that is there in how youth sports is looked at right. and how you determine where your child's going to be, where you're gonna place your child. Right. Right now it's 90% word of mouth mm -hmm. and 10% of maybe you get to find some information by looking up things in the internet yeah. or or actually seeing them play. And um, for us, we wanted to 
take that sort of unknown and help people understand where they're putting their child. So, you know, we try and provide an understanding of the club's cost, their commitment, and their level. And yep. so level meaning, is it a recreational club? Is it a developmental club? Is it a competitive club? Is it all three? What is it? What are they more focused on? And um, and then we add in ratings. Yeah. And that's something that's that's not out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, there's there's some websites that provide ratings, but what we do is we provide verified ratings. Yeah. So if the club um, really wants to show the community its culture, mm-hmm. they can do that by claiming their profile and. Right. Um, when they upload their parent emails onto our, our dedicated server just for that. We don't use those emails or anything other than to send them a request to rate and review mm-hmm. or if they uh, sign on to, to Pebo, we can verify from their sign up uh, email to the club that they're trying to rate and review and see if they are a part of part that of club. It, right. And if they are, we then put their review as a, a member, a verified member review. And the idea behind that is one, of course, the verified side is important because of the uh, the understanding that it's not somebody on there just trying to hurt. Try, right, exactly. And, and, I'm going to go on and bash yeah, this. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but more importantly, give a, a real true feel of what that experience of being a member is like a part of that club. Yep. Um, and from those things, we feel we will give the parent or the player the real understanding, a greater understanding um, when they join that club of what what that club represents. Yep. And so instead of finding out three we were three weeks or three months into your child's experience that the, the club is either too competitive and mm-hmm. the kid doesn't want to play the sport anymore or not competitive enough and you can't find another spot. Another spot. Another right. spot um, we want to help with that. Yeah. So we feel that that alone will help um, build a love for that game and that mm-hmm. sport. Yeah. And PCA is really excited to be a part of it. Um, and some of the things we're doing together is that when a coach goes on and, and, you know, signs up, they can say that they're PCA certified or list their other licenses that they have or certifications. Then even an organization, if we're partnered with that soccer club and they claim their profile and they say, yes, we're a partner of PCA, that that logo will pop up. And so when parents are looking, you know, like we always joke at PCA or say that, It'd be great if, you know, a parent was looking for a spot for their child to play and said, okay, this one's partnered with PCA, so we have a good idea on what their values are or what, you know, is most important versus a club that's not, okay, I'm going to make, make that decision. So, And we're so excited about it for that exact reason. And that's yeah. why, you know, when we first reached out to you, Jason, it's because we want to provide users, mm-hmm. the, the people that are that are on our platform, the uh, a greater understanding and, a, and an easier a solution, yeah, and and not to mention the fact that you guys are also going to uh, provide some content for coaches, yeah, and exactly. um, it'll make it easier. So, say a club that is the coach is a part of isn't necessarily part of PCA, right? That coach can actually still get, get the, the content, content and right. become PCA certified. Yeah. So we're really excited about it and um, we're happy we're partnering together. Yeah, and so if people want more information or where do they go? Uh, you can go to tapivo.com. Okay. Um, and uh, as I said, you know, the, the how we pull in the clubs, we mm-hmm. don't need uh, any any information from the club itself. Right. We'll we'll um, find you on the internet mm-hmm. and populate it uh, via via that. 
that does take time, so we don't have um, you know, anywhere near all the programs. We have over 6,000 clubs on there now. Um, mostly our soccer because of the background of, right, yeah. of, <laughs> of right, yeah. some of the owners. Um, but you know, we're aware that it, it's across all different sports because this issue happens uh, happened to us in volleyball with my daughter yeah. uh, from our first experience. And so um, and we're, we're excited about helping people uh, solve a problem. Yeah, well, we're super excited about the Pivo, and um, we're going to wrap up here. We could probably talk for a few more hours, but we're going to end this podcast with um, five questions, so um, shorter shorter answers here. Um, Stop talking so long as I would <laughs> Right, right, yeah, yeah, so take the hint. Um, no, so five questions that we're, we'll do this with all of our guests. Um, a couple will repeat with every guest, but um, who's the best current soccer player on the planet? Uh, Lionel Messi. Okay. Yeah. Still? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. That's confident. Sure. Didn't even... easy one. Didn't even, easy <laughs> we'll one. start with the easy yeah. one. Um, what's your favorite city? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Not as easy as Messi, I guess. Right? Yeah, <laughs> no, because, I mean, listen, Chicago is, is home. Yeah. Uh, having just been in some negative, <laughs> you know, negative, yeah, right, right, it, yeah. it wouldn't yeah. be the best place to live <laughs> during this period of time. Uh, we loved our time in London too, and I think you know, having lived there, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to to gain that love. Yeah. Um, but from visiting cities, uh, Vancouver and San Francisco are just yeah. beautiful, and you know, uh, great cities to to be at. Um, and then probably the last thing, I mean, if we picked a place to move, we we moved to Scottsdale. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad. Especially this week. Right, right. right. <laughs> Stop talking, Brian. Um, so this one might take a little longer to answer, okay. and, and you're allowed to do that. Okay. Um, the U.S. U.S. men's national team and the U.S. men's national team soccer culture um, obviously missed the World Cup. Uh, but what what's your outlook? What do you think they have to do to get back on track? Do you feel like it's moving in the right direction, new coach? Just talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's re- moving in the right direction. And, you know, I think we lost um, part of the understanding of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all want to be this beautiful, free-flowing soccer. Um, I think every country in the world wants to. Yeah. There's only a few that actually can do it. Yeah. And so when you're playing against a better opponent, you still – or not even necessarily a better opponent, but if you don't have your A game, per right. se, um, there's an aspect of n- the amount of work that's needed and the intensity level that's needed. And I think we lost that yeah. um, in the last uh, uh, four-year period. And Greg will definitely get that yeah. back. And I think that uh, I, I'm extremely supportive of the hire and extremely mm-hmm. supportive of of Greg and what U.S. soccer is doing, so um, I'm 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 looking very positively at, at what's ahead of us. Yeah, uh, it's going to take some time to, to really build that cohesion, but uh, I'm excited. Great. Um, if you didn't, if you after you got cut from that uh, team when you were a junior, if you would have stopped playing soccer, what do you think you would have been doing? I've been a teacher. Teacher? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, my degree is in secondary education. Okay. Um, and because, you know, my high school soccer coach, John Erfurt, was, you know, helped change my life, helped right. make me focus on, on things that are important, not just soccer. And, uh, and another teacher that I had 
um, in high school that, you know, when they care more about you as a person than they care about, you know, whether it's your, your grades and yeah. your ability on the field, I think at high school you have that ability to have that real huge impact. Right. Huge impact. Yeah. So great. All right, last question. Yes. Um, so you've actually mentioned this word a couple times throughout the podcast, but joy. And uh, we were talking beforehand, and I talked about uh, a PCA National Advisory Board member, Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, and one of the core values of that team is joy. Um, and they talked about like when they went through a rough spot earlier this season, that they, they lost their joy, and they really talked about that. So what's a, an example of how um, sports or youth sports brings you joy, whether it was from your playing days, as a parent, as a coach? Whew. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, there's so many times. Yeah. There really is. Uh, you know, two things stand out to me real quick, and that's um, actually three things. It's uh, when I scored the goal against Portugal mm -hmm. and go up 3-0, yeah. and I turn and I celebrate, and I know exactly where my wife is yeah. and my daughter is. So I'm making that crazy <laughs> face because um, we're connected. Contacted. I wish this was video. We could just like put yeah. it right in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, walking around uh, Craven Cottage mm -hmm. with uh, Ashley and Ella. Yeah. As the last time that I was going to play there. And then um, when I retired uh, here with yeah. the fire, having yeah. Freya out there with me this time. Yeah. Being able to experience that together. Those are personal, three personal times of, of yeah. joy. Um, now I get joy through my daughters. When my daughter won her first state championship, and the second one, <laughs> um, you know, it's that proud parent moment that no one can ever take away. Right. And then seeing both Ella <coughs> and Freya continue to improve and just yeah. see their happiness uh, through sport. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Brian, thanks so much for joining us um thanks for being a great supporter of positive coaching alliance and uh to pivo to pivo.com we're excited about the partnership and uh thanks for just being a great ambassador for youth sports and for soccer and everything that you do thanks jason really really happy uh, to be a part of this and to have you guys be a part of the people awesome really appreciate it man thanks a lot thank you